today on the Tequila Collective, we talk about baking piñas. Let's get baked. Hey, and welcome to the Tequila Collective. My name is Rob, and with me, as always, is my brother and co-host, Jack. Hola. What's going on, Jack? Not much. Just ready for another episode. Oh, yeah. So today on the show, we are discussing baking piñas. Piñas? Yeah. So the heart of the agave plant, otherwise known as the piña, is what basically makes up to tequila. And we've talked about where tequila comes from. Jalisco. Right. Well... More specifically, oh. how it comes from the agave plant. Yeah. Um, so now we're we're discussing the next step in producing tequila from the agave plant, um, and that entails baking your pina. But <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, let's get started. Yeah. So um, there's a few ways to go about uh, pina roasting or, or baking the pina. Um, Sounds like a weird the, party game. I know, right? <laughs> and we're playing Baking the Pina tonight, friends. Yeah, so the whole reason you may be asking yourself, why do we do this? The whole reason why you bake the agave plant is so that um, you can basically extract all the starches um, or sugars, really, uh, into more fermentable type of sugars, which will ultimately be distilled to make alcohol, which will then become the tequila. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason why uh, the agave plant is baked. Um, and what they do when they harvest the, t- the agave, um, you, you'll you notice when you see an agave plant growing in the field, um, it's got those big spikes, right, Jack? Yeah, it's just a giant spiky asparagus, as yeah, we've covered before. Exactly. So what's it's actually pretty dangerous. It's got really yeah. spiky barbs on the sides of its little spikes, and it's, yeah. it's kind of a scary-looking plant. Yeah, so once the uh, the agave has matured, which, like we've mentioned in previous episodes, t- typically takes around seven years uh, before it's harvested, um, the humidors or the harvesters of the agave will go out with a big koa, um, that big sharp like uh, hoe blade thing that they use. Coa de, de Himador. Yes. <laughs> um, so they'll take that. They'll they'll chop off the spikes. Have you ever seen them do that? It's actually yeah, it's actually cool. really interesting because they're so fast. Yeah, and those those coas must be insanely sharp. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get my foot between one of those on the ground. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they cut off all the spikes, and then they usually just throw the the pina in the back of like a truck that hauls them off to the distillery. And then when they get to a distillery, usually what they'll do is they'll they'll chop them at least in half the pinas, or you know they'll chop them up even finer, um, and then they'll throw them in basically ovens of some sort. So big roasting pits, right? So the the old school way of uh, roasting the pinas is in a stone or brick oven, um, and what they do is they they steam the agave um, for usually somewhere between like 36 and 72 hours. It, it's going to differ on the, depending on the distillery and their process, but it's going to take a while. And yeah, that's, I, would, I would assume you'd want to do like steam just so you could break down the fibers and everything. Right. And you're not really introducing any flavor to the pina. Right. Because if you introduce like flame, I'm assuming. You're going to roast it and make yeah. it like charred flavored right. and stuff. Yeah. So by steaming it, you're probably extracting more flavors and making it more Making Pure. the yeah, making the fibers more easily easy to use um, to extract the juice out of. Um, so, like I said, that's the that's the old school method. Um, 
But with the old school method, it's going to take the longest, which is good. When it comes to tequila, like low and slow is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so but that's a good brisket. Right. Absolutely. But that's going to be a little more costly. So not every distillery uses that method. Um, a more modernized, efficient method would be using an autoclave, um, which is essentially just like a giant steel drum mm -hmm. um and then they can they can introduce steam and, and use, pressure yeah and i was gonna say use a crazy amount of pressure um and usually when they use the autoclave method it only takes about eight hours um to cook the agave in an autoclave um, which is obviously going to save time and most likely going to save save on cost so yeah. it's going to be cheaper uh to use the autoclave method um can I describe what an autoclave actually is a little bit? Yeah, sure. An autoclave is basically a giant pressure cooker. So if you've had a pressure cooker at home or you, your mom or dad had one when you were a kid, what you basically do is you put your product, usually carbon fiber is what they use autoclaves for, um, into the autoclave. You close the door, you seal it, and then you can introduce pressure and heat or water or anything you basically want, which will uh, the pressure will actually produce a faster cooking time or a stronger cooking time because of the pressure and the heat. The yeah. heat can actually get up to a higher temperature as well because of the pressure. Then it's probably a more consistent temperature yeah, throughout absolutely. compared to like a brick oven or yeah. a, uh, uh, some kind of stone oven. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with the last method that distill distilleries are using nowadays. Um, and this is like the most modern type of technology that they have and it's, and it's the diffuser method. Um, so a diffuser is like really modern technology and it's very efficient, cost effective and resource efficient. Um, but because it is essentially cutting corners, um, a lot of the brands that will use the diffuser method are the type of brands that are just pumping out as much tequila as possible. So the, the, the few brands I can think of off the top of my head are like, um, uh, El Jimador, uh, they're pumping out a ton. Hornitos, they're pumping out a ton of tequila. I think even Jose Cuervo for like their gold line, uh, they're using the diffuser Is method. Is that even tequila? <laughs> Technically, I don't, I mean, yes, but I don't really consider it um, uh, tequila. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very modernized process, but the problem is it's essentially stripping the agave of all its natural uh, nutrients and nutrients, juices. flavor, aroma. It, it's really just getting the alcohol out of it. Yeah. And then what these companies are doing is they take the alcohol that is being distilled from the agave, but because they've stripped it so much of its nutrients and its flavor profile, they add all that they, stuff back in. Exactly. They have to add it all back in. And a lot of times they'll use um, like a hydrochloric acid which on top of sounds you know, delicious yeah it's it's just stripping more of the of the natural flavor of the give me agave. that slowly steamed agave and jalisco and make a beautifully slow uh tequila anytime <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but again it's it's the fastest and cheapest way to make tequila so the brands that don't care about the type of uh, heritage or history of tequila, the, they're just producing mass mass amounts of tequila to sell it as quickly as possible for people who don't care about tequila. They just want something to get drunk off of. Yeah. 
that's that's Margaritas. yeah that's the comp that's the type of brand that's using the the diffuser method thankfully it's not every type of uh you know tequila brand and there are lots of tequila brands that are using the um autoclave or even like the the old school stone or brick oven method which yeah. um according to tequila matchmaker and taste tequila.com i think they're the same thing essentially um according to their log of thousands and thousands of reviews, um, the old school methods, whether it's, you know, growing, roasting, distilling, whatever, whatever part of the process you're in, if you're using the most traditional methods and you're taking your time making tequila, those are the tequilas that are rating the highest um, of the thousands, tens of thousands of reviews that they've been able to gather there. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it makes sense, you know, you yeah. want to, you want to create a product that in life, it seems the, the longer you take to really perfect something and the more respect you put into it, the better the part product usually is at the end. Yeah. So I just wanted to cover this cause I feel like, you know, this is, uh, obviously we're a tequila podcast and it's important to understand where, this wonderful drink is coming for, from. So with that said, um, it was very informative. I'm glad you, uh, you covered yeah, that. Yeah. So with that said, let's get into the tequila I brought to the table today after this message. Welcome back. Today on the show, Jack, I brought a bottle of Arete Reposado. I think mm. I'm pronouncing that right. Arete? Arete. I honestly, I have no idea. I think it's Arete. Um, anyway, drinking a Reposado today. This bottle is one of the cheapest bottles I own. Looks like it. But, <laughs> but it is, uh, I think, relatively good considering the price that it's in. I've never had the Reposado, but I've had the Blanco and the Añejo of this line. They do make a artisanal, I think they call it like their artisanal line, which is more expensive. Um, but for what this is, I think it's, it's relatively good. Um, I can't find a lot of information about it. So what I found online was, was very short, but apparently it was founded, um, by the, I'm going to butcher their name, the or Orendane family, which they're, I think they're a pretty prominent tequila making family. I know, I, I know there's a brand called Orendane, which I have a bottle of, and that's like some really good expensive stuff. Um, so I'm assuming it's the same family. Um, and it says here that it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent estate agave, which is kind of cool. Um, we touched upon uh, a state or single estate agave uh, in a previous episode. Um, and it says that they prioritize quality over quantity. Um, so maybe they've just figured out how to produce it at a cheaper rate, or maybe they just like giving their stuff away. But either way, how about you uh, just give us the rundown on the bottle there? All right, quick rundown. There's not a lot to say about this bottle because there just really isn't a lot going on. Um, it's a, well, it's not a square. It's a tall straight bottle, but it is like rectangular rectangular feels very brick. Like, um, it has 
Arete, Arete, I don't really know how to say that. I think it's Arete. Arete, embossed on either side of the bottle. And on the front, there is a pretty thin, tall label that is sort of clear. You can kind of see through it of a red horse. And it says Tequila Arete, 100% de agave, reposado, and then produced and bottled in tequila, in, yeah, tequila, Jalisco, Mexico. Um, and then on the back, there is another horse embossed in the glass, which is actually pretty cool. I haven't seen that before. Um, and just a little bit of information on who imported the bottle and all that stuff. So that's about it. It is a clear glass bottle. The liquid inside is a nice, um, like light honey color. Yeah. Um, you know, typical of a, a standard reposado. And it has a little red, what's to be a twist cap on top. Yeah. Um, pretty simple. Uh, nice looking bottle. Nothing nothing too elegant. Nothing screams drink me, but yeah i mean we'll we'll definitely get into it and see and see what's what's going on on the inside that's what really counts right yeah so why don't you uh do the honors and uh instead of popping it why don't you twist it off i mean it might have a cork <laughs> no, it, in there it, but it does i know it doesn't oh, i've actually never tried this bottle like i said to you uh before we were recording i i have a bottle of the blanc or yeah the blanco and the añejo and it's pretty good um for what it is this bottle Along, I bought this bottle along with the Blanco at a store in East LA, um, and they both cost I think twenty dollars and ninety nine cents. Um, so they are of the cheapest bottles that I own. Um, but again, I think it's important to remember that price doesn't always mean quality one way or the other. No, I mean this. I mean it could be a great reposado. We don't know yet. Neither of us have tried it, and honestly, it could be. Really amazing. So let's. So I just smelled it, and it smells like um, it smells to me like a strawberry banana uh, smoothie. I actually do get that like fake banana y smell. You know, like doesn't it smell like a strawberry? Like to me, it smells like a strawberry, like a Jamba Juice strawberry banana smoothie. Yeah, kind of. Isn't does. that weird? Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I like. Stop, that. I gotta find new adjectives besides interesting. Um, <laughs> Those are adjectives? Are they? <laughs> I threw it out there hoping that that was the right word. Nouns, verbs. <laughs> Commas. It actually smells pretty good. Um, I am getting more of like a Blanco-esque um, smell to it. It's not really... You mean like real, real heavy on like the like uh, agave? More agave, more citrusy than I'm used to with reposados. It's not sweet and caramely like, like a lot of reposados. Okay. Um I think I might actually enjoy that if it does taste uh, closely to a Blanco because, I, I mean, I have been enjoying my Blancos lately. Yeah. Um, really quick, I just want to mention that uh, according to Tequila Matchmaker, they use the, the cooking method they use as an autoclave since we touched upon that in the previous segment. It's actually very interesting to know that now. I didn't know that they were using autoclaves to, to make tequila, and it's nice to know. and. It's nice to know that that's probably why this is a little bit cheaper because they can use an autoclave and create more products. Yeah, but at the same time, like it looks to me like they're using a roller mill, which is not a Tahona, but it's not, you know, like a cheap way of doing things. Um, like, I mean, they're not, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the cost of things is at all when it comes to producing tequila, but it's not like they're mass producing this as cheaply as possible. Like they are still putting effort into it. They're just using more modern efficient technology so 
I, honestly, I can't really explain why it's so cheap. Does it does it have any aroma notes on on their website or no? No, their website it was very All bare. Right, so this is what I'm what I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of forward agave, a lot of citrus, and that's about it. I'm not getting much. Um, it's a very light colored beverage or liquid. I'm just not getting a lot. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. I'm getting. I'm getting a little bit of agave. I'm getting a lot of banana for some reason. <laughs> like, it's so weird. You know, bananas are radioactive, so. Are they? Yeah, you didn't know that? They're radioactive. Bananas give off the most radiation of any fruit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny, actually. Getting a little honey. Yeah, but not the sweetness like you would get no. from, like, other reposados. No. I don't know. Let's, how about we give it a try, I think. All right. Cheers. I hope it's good. We'll see. For $20, whatever. Do you taste anything? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, it's very agave forward. Very pretty smooth. It I mean, is it's pretty not, smooth. I mean, it's, for twenty dollars, yeah, like, for this twenty dollars, it's really it's smooth. really smooth. It's not the smoothest. You do get, you do know you're drinking tequila when it goes down. <laughs> Got me a little bit of that time. No, just... <laughs> um, I don't get a lot past the agave i get a little sweetness but it's hard to put a flavor let me try it let me try some more um honestly i'm getting very light agave and i can and i can confidently say now that that is the agave flavor that i'm getting but that's it i'm not i'm not getting anything else honestly all i'm getting is i'm getting i'm getting three things i'm getting agave oak and honey like that's it. Yeah, I mean, which I, I don't. Mean, I don't even. I might be picking up a little bit of oak. It's a smooth tequila. It's yeah. It's, it's just. It's not. It's not. It's not exciting you. I feel like you're feeling about this how I felt about the El Tequileño uh, Blanco, the platinum one. I yeah. Think. Is that what it was? I think so. Like to me, that one was like it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't anything unusual, but that was part of the problem. It was kind of just basic in a good way. And I feel like that's what you're... Can you're, I not taste? Like, I can't... Like, do I, do I have COVID? <laughs> <laughs> I can't taste anything. No, I think... Uh, I mean, it's very subtle. I think you're just not getting it, which is fine. I mean, the other thing, too, is like these were the first pours out of the, out of the bottle. Sometimes a bottle is a little... is a little non-expressive and sometimes it's a little hot. Maybe we just need to get through the bottle before you start picking up some flavors. I've experienced I don't know, that before. A few episodes ago, what was the El, El May, was it? El Mayor? El Mayor. Um, that had a ton of flavor and that was a brand new bottle. Yeah. And this, I mean, every bottle's different. You never know. Like uh, I've had some bottles where I, the first pour, I was like, wow, this tastes like nothing or this doesn't even taste good. And then I got, I worked my way through the bottle and it started to pick up a lot of flavors because the bottle itself started to open up. Um, maybe if you let it sit in your glass a little bit, it'll yeah, open I'm up. let it sit for a bit. And then... I mean, because now that it's sat in my glass a little bit on the aroma, I'm getting not, not that, but not that strong banana, but like a little bit of cinnamon. And like I vanilla. am picking up a little bit of that honey you were talking about earlier. Yeah, so I think it needs it might need to open up a little bit in the glass. For a bit. Honestly, though, I 
it's fine that if it only tastes like this and it just tastes really agave forward and it doesn't really burn, it does have a, a feeling of alcohol that I haven't, that I haven't experienced with other reposados, but it definitely isn't an aggressive alcohol feel. Right. Um, it just is at this moment, it's very boring. It's, (laughs) it's something I would definitely recommend to people as of right now, just because, um, I think people might find it very easy to drink. Um, it just isn't complex. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair assessment. And not every tequila has to be like, you know, complex and yeah, I guess really wow your senses. Um, I actually like the smell of it. It's just very subtle. Yeah, I think it needs to open up. It definitely needs to open up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and start our rating off. Let mm-hmm. Just a reminder for those listening. I know I do this every episode, but you never know who's a first-time listener. Uh, zero through 10 is our rating system. We do zero through four points for the aroma, zero through four points for the flavor, and then zero to two points for the presentation and whether or not you would recommend the bottle. And again, that's the most subjective portion of this very subjective rating system. <laughs> um, so on the flavor, I really like, or I'm sorry, the aroma. I really like the aroma. Um, now that it's opened up, that banana flavor that I, or that scent that I was taffy. getting. <laughs> yeah, that, that banana scent I was getting has kind of mellowed out and it's started to take on a more sweet, like honey uh flavor with a little bit of the agave as well and a little cinnamon to me um i really like how this smells it's the only really the only issue i have with it is that it's not uh strong enough like it's very faint in the aroma that's what i'm saying it just it has it lacks punch which is (laughs) fine which is fine for 20 bucks you, you you kind of just don't expect the world but you know yeah um but in terms of aroma, I think I'm a, I'm going to give it a three three. Like I I really like it. I wish it was stronger yeah. uh, of aroma. Um, for the flavor, I think it's it's basically the same notes again. Let me give it another try. I mean, obviously they're they're not aging it as long as they possibly could. They're just no. They're getting that. It almost feels like they're getting that minimum age in, and then they're just throwing it in the bottle. Yeah. Um, I mean, so three three on the aroma is what I said, and then. I think I'm going to give it the same for the flavor. Like, again, my my biggest issue is that it's just not forward. Like, you're not getting anything that's present it's punchy. enough. It's just... Like, it's very subtle. It is a nice... You get the agave. You get some sweetness from, like, I'm guessing, you know, however... I don't know how... I wish I, I wish there was more information because yeah, really I don't funny. even know how... Like, they're not giving us anything. Yeah, I don't know how long it's aged for, so I'd like to know. But I'm going to give it 3-3 three, three again for the flavor just because... I'm taking points off because of, of the subtleness. I wish there was something that kind of like broke out a little bit and and like kind of punched me in the face a little more. Yeah. But it's smooth. It's easy to drink. Um, you do get that alcohol burn, which you would expect from a cheaper tequila, but not, not terrible. Bad. Easy to drink. Um, I would say you could drink this on your own. I would say this would probably be really good in a cocktail, maybe even yeah. a margarita. But I feel like – if you were drinking a cocktail that needed tequila in it, but didn't want to overpower the rest of the cocktail, I feel like this would be this would be really good in like a tequila sunrise. I think. What what goes into a tequila sunrise? Uh, it's like orange, orange juice, it's and ice, orange or juice, and grenadine. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is, would be this, this would, would complement that perfectly. I think. Yeah. Um. um, I, I, um I, yeah, double um. A double um. Uh, it's a double entendre. <laughs> 
So I, I I think it's good, but it's just good. It's not it's not great. It's not amazing. It's no, not tequila sunrise. It's not that I know, right? That sounds good. Maybe later. Um, and then when it comes to presentation of the bottle, I would definitely recommend this uh, for the purpose of like what we just said, making a cocktail or a margarita or. If you really wanted to drink it on its own, you could. Uh, I oh, yeah. will. I mean, I'll I'll keep drinking this bottle. It's not bad. Um, definitely gonna make Taylor and I some some uh, tequila sunrises with it, though. I think uh, what I like about it is that it's not the traditional shape. It's that that sh- it's kind of a mid. It's kind of the same height of a lot of tequila bottles, but it's that rectangular brick like shape, and I and I like that. Yeah. Um. But it's nothing. It's nothing like crazy outlandish. I, I'm gonna give it a 1.6. All right. Um, which brings me to an 8.2, which is very. I feel like very I, middle of the road. Honestly, for me, and that that's, seems pretty high for me. Uh, I think that's fair. I I kind of like. I do like it. I just wish it was more. I wish all of the notes, aroma and flavor notes, were just more present and they're not but what what is present i really like and for twenty dollars you can't really beat that this is something that i would have in my bar for anybody who came over because anybody or somebody who doesn't know about tequila could drink this and not have a problem sure somebody who knows about tequila could drink this and go well it's not the best tequila but it's drinkable and they would have something to discuss at least exactly yeah um so on presentation, I think I'm going to give this a, a one three. Um, it's just is super that's, boring. It's kind of low for you. Yeah. I, I just want some more, like I want a story. I want some more um, explanation of where it comes from and who they are and, and things like that. But sure. I mean, for 20 bucks, you know, yeah. they couldn't hire somebody to write a story. for them. <laughs> I guess not. Um, so it's just, it's just a little boring. Also, I lose, I lose my cork. You know, I love, I love my cork. Yeah, I forgot about that. You do, um, you do have a twist off top. It just which feels is not as fun. It just feels a little cheaper when you, when you're uh, screwing off the top to pour your tequila, and it's True. not, it's not as, it just doesn't, it's not as. Um, not the full experience. Yeah, I want, I want to be experienced when I'm experienced tequila, and then for the aroma, the aroma is actually really pleasant. It's, um, it's got some wood. It's got a lot of agave. It's a little citrus in the in the middle there. So you're you're getting this is weird to me. You're getting like com, things that I'm not getting at all. Oh, I'm I'm getting a lot of agave. Yeah, I'm not I'm not at all. But to me, it just it's a it's it's light, which is you know I kind of like the lightness. So I think I'm gonna give it a three three. Um, I think that's what you might have given it. I did, but um, I kind of like the lightness a little bit. It's not overpowering. It's definitely not sweet like a lot of reposados we've had, which is which is nice because sometimes that makes me feel a little sick when I've had <laughs> too many sweet smelling uh, scents. Um, and for flavor, let's see what you got. It's just so light. Yeah. Like I almost have nothing to even say about it. Um, three point Three point for the flavor. I just. Um, well, it's not it's not tickling my fancy. It's fine. It's not bad. I think it's totally drinkable. I would definitely recommend this to to friends and family and coworkers if I had any coworkers. Um, <laughs> it's just, um, I mean, for twenty bucks, get a get 
the Blanco, the Reposado, and maybe try the Añejo. Yeah. You know, you could you could run run the whole table on that one. So yeah. it's it's a good bottle, but it's not it's it's just okay. Yeah, well that brings you to a seven point six, which I remember we kind of just made this up on the spot, but we said anything over a seven five is worth buying. Yeah. So I think it's is, totally worth buying. Yeah. So this is just barely, in your opinion, worth buying, but it is worth buying. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, this would be, you know, this would honestly be a great gift. It'd be a great gift if you're going to a housewarming party and you're like, oh, I don't really know if they even drink alcohol. Yeah. But this this will look like I know something. Yeah. About something. This is this is like a very casual gift. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. A casual is- gift, like somebody you don't really know, but you think they might drink alcohol of any sort yeah like this would be easy for them to drink and they might appreciate this it. is like thanks for inviting me gift it, not not yeah. not like uh you know exactly. congratulations on your wedding gift exactly <laughs> this is this is like a thanks yeah. kind of gift um, exactly yeah an obligation gift yeah exactly so i think this is a good bottle jack you seem to think it's a good bottle but it's just that a good bottle um literally middle of the road for me. yeah very middle of the road uh but yeah, I think that that wraps this episode up. Any final thoughts, Jack, or is that is that it for you? Um, my only final thought is it's nice to keep trying tequilas. You know, try the cheap stuff, try the expensive stuff. Just keep trying. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to the Tequila Collective. To find us on Instagram, and we hope you do, uh, we are at the underscore Tequila Collective. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to leave a review. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing with a friend or family member who you know enjoys tequila, we, we would definitely appreciate that as well. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.